You know what that is? Somebody's national anthem. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I think it's the NBC Olympics theme. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to have to cut all of this. All of this. Let's just start from the top. Start from the top. Hello, and welcome to Talking Too Live with Chris Savage. I am your host, Chris Savage. I am fortunate to be joined by Sylvie LeBeau. Sylvie. <laughs> So fortunate. I'm so fortunate that you're here. You're the most fortunate. Well, look, you keep us organized. You keep us ready, <laughs> just like our guest today, Pia Thompson, yes, who's the founder, the founder and CEO of Sweet Digs, um, which is a business where she helps clients declutter and organize their homes. And I'm going to say also their lives. Yes. She organizes their lives, too. She does. Yes. Super fun interview. And Super excited fun. for you guys to listen to it. But before that, Savage yeah. or me. What's yeah. got us talking too loud? <laughs> Might not be the same thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I can go first. There's been a lot of stuff at Wistia that's been really, really fun and exciting. Um, I mean, we've talked before about this year is like a really big year and we're hiring a lot of folks. There's a lot of new faces, you know, every week. And we have really big plans. We've got an on-site plan for April. That's exciting. It's the first time. It's optional, so people don't have to come, but it's going to be... Okay. Um, at the office, which is our new office. Which I've seen. Which you've seen, which basically no one's worked in. So It's so nice. Yeah. It'll so, be so nice for people to see. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's going to be um, just like fun to have people in person and do a bunch of silly things and have some speakers there and do some business planning. I know that might Ooh. sound like, Ooh. like, oh, wow. Business planning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's no, a strange that... world, but that's exciting. But I'm like really <laughs> looking forward to it. Also because it's like we now have people all over the place. And it's like, you know, like, hey, come in and there'll be some fun events and you'll get to meet all these other people. And then everyone will jet and do their thing. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. So I can't wait to do is it. Is Cambridge like a, like, is it a cool town to like... Do stuff. What's the scene? You know, before moving, if I were to not say that Cambridge was a cool town, I would be just terrible. Like, right? Because yeah. it's like where you live should be cool, right? Should be cool. Yeah. It's got to be there. cool. It's got to be cool. Um, no, Cambridge is a really cool town. There's tons of great restaurants and fun stuff going on. I think the funny thing is that, like, there's the Charles River that separates Cambridge from, you know, Boston, Brookline, stuff like that. And, like, those of us who lived in Cambridge or Starville, like, we never left. You know, so it's like, oh, you ever yeah, go down yeah. out of Boston? Like, not really. Even though it's like, you know, 20 minute lift ride or like a quick T ride or whatever. But I'm excited to get people there and just to like be silly. Not that you can't be silly remotely, but it reminds me of this one time where we had a all company meeting planned and we really had almost nothing to talk about. Like we just had a meeting, we'd just gone through everything. But we want, we're like, what should we do? What should we do with it? Because we're going to have everyone. What should we do? We're probably 50, 40 people at the time. And the idea just occurred to me like, let's just go on a walk together. Let's just go on a walk. How, how how fun would that be to just take 50 people on a walk? <laughs> so That's we just, great. We, yeah. So we just like walked around Cambridgeport and like, it was just lovely. It was like a lovely day to be outside, but it sticks out in my memory of like, that's what I, I love about Cambridge is like it's super walkable. It's pretty, you can find something good to eat. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to like have that be where we're at and, you know, spend a little time with folks. I love it. I love a walk. I love a stroll. Love a stroll. Uh, another another walkable city, New York, my city, and also Pia City. She lives about a 15-minute walk away from me. Is that true? So, yeah. 
Maybe the two of you should go on a stroll. Maybe we will, Savage. But before we stroll. Before we stroll. Before we stroll, we podcast. Okay, let's do it. Pia, welcome to Talking Too Loud. So excited that you're here today. Thanks, Chris. I'm so excited to be here with you. We've never met before, and I know a little bit about your story, but I'm excited to hear. But, um, you know, the show is called Talking Too Loud because whenever I get excited, I cannot control the volume of my voice. My my wife at one point, you know, I was sitting out on the porch with some friends a couple of years ago, and um, literally at like 11 p.m., she was like, Christopher Savage, you are talking <laughs> way too loud. You keep up the whole neighborhood, and that just happens. And anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um, we're excited to have you here, but we like to start by really like hearing what's what's got you talking too loud these days. What are you really excited about? Oh my goodness, I'm excited about spring. First of all, I mean, I live in New York City, and it's twenty something or thirty something degrees outside, and I'm just done with this. Yeah. I'm done. I yeah. cannot wait for spring. <laughs> so I'm I'm talking way too loud about that to too many people. Um, I'm also talking really loud about my preteen daughter. Mm. And how old is she? She's 11. Okay. And all the things she's doing and not doing, I feel like. What's she doing? What's she into? Oh, listen. So I grew up a part of my (laughs) life without the internet, right? So. Yes. But she's grown up her whole life with the internet. Yeah. And I felt like I had until she was 13. Like at 13, she's a teenager, things change. She becomes like, she started becoming a little woman. But that happened earlier Mm. than I expected, Mm. you know? And so, like now, she's she's almost as tall as I am. I'm almost five nine, and my daughter is probably like five six. And <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And so we were out the other day, and someone was like, "I can't believe you have a daughter that old." I'm like, "She's eleven. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, don't let the height fool you. Okay? Mm. She is. She's not big. I'm like, and then I'm older, but I look younger. So like, it's just it's just weird. You know, the whole thing's <laughs> weird. Parenting is weird. I'm talking too loud about all of that stuff. I have four and six year old. Uh, girls. And, you know, we talk a lot about like, how long do we have before they like outgrow us? You know what I mean? So I, I'm interested too, when you think about like what she's into being like an internet native, like what's the stuff that she's doing that you're like, wow, you are grown up or like, you know, her experience is so different than what yours was. Oh my gosh. What is like, I feel like every aspect of her life is somehow internet connected, right? Um, so school, first of all, she brings her iPad every day. Mm. She submits her work through Google Classroom, mm-hmm. um, which I still can't really figure out. You know, <laughs> like, um, I mean, she came to me this morning and asked me if she could have five dollars for Robux. I was like, "Can you just go brush your teeth? We gotta go, <laughs> right?" Like, it's <laughs> it's everything. You know, she would much rather be online than off. And as an adult. Of course, I know the dangers of being online and also what it does to your mental health and all this. So I'm like, let's have no media day. And she's like, what? Yeah, I can't live like <laughs> I that. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't live like that. What are you talking about? So I think that's been really hard for me to manage um, and for her to figure out as well. Uh, but it really encompasses everything. You know, I'm a music lover. She's a music lover. So she's always playing music on her iPad. It's in every aspect of our lives. So. Yeah, it's it, what are you gonna do? I have a nephew who's eleven, <laughs> and because of COVID, the main way he was hanging out with people for a long time was just playing video games. And at some point, we're like, "Wait, he is spending more time every day with his friends than I was when I was eleven mm-hmm. because I couldn't have a play date every day. It's not like I was like at a friend's house every single day 
for three <laughs> or four hours. And that's what was happening. We're like, this is a little right. extreme. <laughs> but also, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. interesting when you grow up and your assumption is like, of course, you can FaceTime someone and they'll pick up yeah. and you'll see them. doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they have Wi-Fi. And it's yeah. kind of crazy to think about like, the kids that are growing up with this, like, what are their, I just keep asking myself, like, what will their expectations for the world be when they mm -hmm. are, you know, in their 20s and 30s, when they become the decision yeah. makers at work, like what's going to happen? Because um, I feel yeah. like they're going to expect things to be actually far more modern than they are. Um, mm. So it's just interesting to think about that change. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm excited to have you here. I want to start with right before COVID, you decided... <laughs> to have a major <laughs> career change. I think it was like, if I'm right here, it's like January, 2020. Mm -hmm. And you were a corporate lawyer and decided to just like quit that and become a creative entrepreneur. So how did you decide to make that leap? Like, what was it that was that moment that decided that you're like, I'm done with this. I'm going out on my own. Uh, it was a very long leap. <laughs> Let me just say that. I mean, it happened in 2020 apparently with terrible timing, right? Like, let me start an in-person, in-home business yeah. right before a pandemic. <laughs> but it was a really long leap. So I hated law school. Okay. Hated it, hated it. I mean, it was hard, obviously. You know, it's, it's law school. Did you think you were going to hate it? Like, when you went, were you like, oh, I'm probably going to hate this, but I should do it? Or were you like, oh, I'm, I'm going to love law school? No, I, I mean, I was the kind of person that did really well at whatever I applied myself to. Like, you know, I'm not dumb, right? Mm -hmm. So I would study hard, mm -hmm. I would put my all into something and I could get good results, right? That was the kind of person that I was. I was like, I'll go to law school and I'll do really well and I'll have this successful, amazing career. People will be like, oh, she's a lawyer, yeah. uh, you know? And I really sort of got caught up in what all that meant, all the external of it, right? So I knew, I was excited to go to law school. I got it to Duke, come on, it was the number eight law school at NBD, the time. yeah, I was pretty big deal, yeah. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. And here I am, a black woman, right? There's so few black lawyers at that time. There's so few black lawyers still now, female lawyers. Like, totally. all of that was in yeah. my mind. I'm going to go there. I'm yeah. going to rock it, okay? So I go there, and I feel like I stick out like a sore thumb, not in mm. terms of race or gender, but just in terms of I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I belonged. I felt like everybody in class was so different than I was. Like, cause here I am, rah, 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 right? And yeah. everyone else is in the library kind of like this conservative-ish kind of, and I'm not like that. I'm yeah. very big, <laughs> right? And so I never really felt like I fit in and I hated it. Mm. I hated it. I hated the classes. I hated the topics. I hated it all. Um, and, you know, in law school, there's a lot of, you sit in class, you read cases, there's very little doing. And I'm very much a doing kind of person. So I signed up for all the doing things. I did like trial practice where you could do like a pretend case and bring it to like a pretend judge. Mm -hmm. And I did all this stuff, mm -hmm. but I hated it. Mm -hmm. But I also thought it's law school, right? It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to challenge you. It's supposed to weed out the people who aren't supposed to be here. I can do this. I could definitely do this. So I did. And I wanted to go to work at a law firm, did that too. And, um, Worked in law for a really long time, for over 15 years. Wow. And wow. consistently, there was always a little something inside me that was like, you need to stop doing this. Like, this is not for you. It was very much up and down and not listening to myself. The whole time, my intuition was like, you need to get out of here. And I just kept ignoring it because the money was good. 
The respect people gave me was good. I kept moving up in my career, right? Yeah. I moved from the law firm to in-house, and my hours were better. Then I bought a house. I got to pay for the house, right? So it was just all of these excuses to continue denying what was really going on inside of me. And so eventually, after I got divorced and started really looking internally, because my my favorite thing to do is blame everybody else for my problems. (laughs) That was was, was so fun. So like, I blame my ex-husband. I blame my mother. I blame blame all these other people. So yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, <laughs> eventually I realized I couldn't do that. And it was a combination of divorce and meeting people. You know, I think the universe brings people into your life to sort of bring out what you're supposed to, right? So I would I brought people into my life that would start asking me the questions that I was afraid to ask myself. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting really interested in personal growth and following people on Instagram. And then that moved to reading books. And then I started to be like, oh my God, did I create this mess myself. Mm. Like I created this life that I hated on my own. Nobody, my mother was like, oh, you want to go to law school? Great. She wasn't like, go to law school. You know what I mean? Yeah, no one says, if you say you want to go to law school, no one's going to say, no, I don't think you should. Actually, when you say that, what it (laughs) makes me think about is we had a moment where we had the opportunity to sell the company. And Mm -hmm. basically, if you ask anyone, do you think I should sell my company? They're going to tell you yes. Because (laughs) of course you should. Isn't that the whole point? And yeah. it was this weird thing of like, it wasn't until I talked to someone who had sold their company and they were like, actually, when I sold, like, I felt like I had like lost everything and I like oh. lost my way. And I, I had lost the ability to like be an entrepreneur and have a platform to evolve mm. and like have customers and a brand, all these things. And like, I didn't understand how fulfilling those things were until they were gone. But like the mm-hmm. advice from everyone was just like, of course you want to do that. And I think it's just like any milestone like that it's easy to have that kind of um, like societal confirmation bias or something. That's yeah. what success is, right? Like as you were saying before, it's like, oh, it's owning your house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I need more income to support. And this all makes sense. It's just, it's interesting to hear you go through that. And I, I have a lot of questions about it because I think, you know, a lot of people who listen to Talking Too Loud, they're entrepreneurs or they're someone yeah. who wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Like mm-hmm. they're a creative inside a business and they want to do more. They want to do different things. If you could go back like, and think about that feeling of realizing that it wasn't a right fit and you actually should have gone out on your own, do you think you could describe that to somebody to try to give them more confidence? Like, hey, maybe you should like change up your network more or maybe you should like try to break out of the, the path you're on? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question. Um, so I'll be honest. I don't think I could have done it when I was applying to law school. I was just not that person. I was too living in a state of fear people pleasing. It just wasn't my journey to not go to law school. Um, But the feeling that I had, and it was back in 2017, I had this feeling there was a gap between I need to get out of here and what do I do next? Okay. So I could talk about that a little bit, but that feeling of it's time was very clear. It was unequivocal. It was, it was truthful. And I think so often we know what that truth is. Mm -hmm. And we feel it in our heart. We feel it every day. And then we allow our minds to say, but maybe I should. So we already know and we deny ourselves. And at this point, the truth had gotten so big that I was going to work trying to put my truth into my directs, right? So I was so into personal growth because the type of home organizing I do is not just about the stuff. It's really about changing mindsets and learning about yourself through your home, right? So it was really about personal growth. 
And so I was going to work, like I remember for like holidays, I gave everybody the power of now. Like I was just really, like my, my life was turning into my truth and I couldn't deny it. And because of that, it became even more clear that what I was doing was not comfortable and easy, right? I started to feel even more uncomfortable in my body and thinking to myself, I have to show up to work as a different version of me in order to stomach what I'm doing. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I just want to be myself in every aspect of my life. I want to be the same person on the weekends that I am during the week. I want to be me. And I felt like I had to shut myself down. And I think we feel that we just deny it. And so even if you have that question, like maybe if there's something, a little flicker of something there, that's something that's worth exploring with someone who will be honest with you. I think sometimes our friends want to protect us too. So I think maybe talk to a mentor. Find someone like me, you know, I'm happy to talk to people too. I think it's a really difficult thing to manage. It really is a huge life shift. Talk to someone who will give you permission. Sometimes you just want that. Yeah, do what feels really amazing to you. It's okay. It's okay. I love that. And I I think about that as like, uh, you should try to find a place to work where you can bring your whole self to work. And if you can't, it's basically unsustainable over the long Mm -hmm. term, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also the opposite if you can, that's often the thing that like, if you're really not filtering that, then you can work on hard problems for a long time, or you can tackle this like major thing. Um, yeah. Well, look, so you obviously had this flicker, this mm-hmm. feeling, and you start to realize this isn't who I am. Like I need to do this different thing. How did you go from that to actually starting Sweet Digs? And what is Sweet Digs for people who don't know? Sure. Okay. So So it was in 2017 and I was working at a company that was regulated by the Federal Reserve. And a lot of the work that I did was related to that oversight. And then that regulation went away. So they became unregulated by the Federal Reserve. They fulfilled whatever they need to fulfill. And the Federal Reserve was like, okay, peace. So then I was left with a good part of my job disappearing. And so I thought, hmm, maybe I'll get laid off. That'll be awesome, right? Because I'm, I'm already, look on I'm your already face thinking you about that. Yeah, I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, I'm already thinking about leaving. It'd be great if I could just hang out. And then my daughter was getting older too at the time. Let's see, this is five years ago. So she was about five. And it was becoming clearer that, you know, she was paying more attention to how I was showing up and what I was doing, right? And what was happening, because I was a single mom at this point, her school, so far from my job, me trying to get to my job, get to aftercare, do all, like I was doing, my life was crazy. It was crazy. And I was just, I was just getting so sick of it and so fed up. You know, I think at a certain point you get fed up, right? Why am I doing all of this for something I hate? And so I ended up getting laid off and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not looking for a legal job anymore. It was so clear to me that I wasn't going to do that. And so told everybody my mother flipped out. she's like what are you talking about what do you what do you mean you're not gonna go look for a legal job I was like yeah I'm, I'm not this is not me I was like you know and you love me and I know you want me to be happy right and then she couldn't say anything to that she's like all right well that's true and so after that I decided to just chill for a little bit hang out I was like I don't have nothing to do I'm gonna enjoy this time so I did hung out with my kid a bunch and then this is like it's gonna sound very woo woo but it's true, true, okay? So, <laughs> so what, what happened was that every time I thought I need to get on this job search thing and figure out what to do with myself, my body was like, not yet, just wait. My body was like, look, you got some lawyer money, you'll be okay for a little bit, just wait, just wait. 
I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so I did. Mm-hmm. I waited a little bit. You know, I have to admit, over this couple year period of time, I got scared and I applied for like a couple of legal jobs, one of which I like ended up at four rounds of interviews, met the CEO. I was like, oh, this is in the bag. And yeah. they never got back to me. They never even said no. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I guess. Who is that company? You want to disclose that right now? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But looking back now, I know law will always be there. I have to say no to it as Mm -hmm. opposed to it saying Mm -hmm. no to me, you know? So then I started thinking about home organizing, but I was like, I'm not going into people's house to just make things look cute and leave. That's not, that's not my MO. So I I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like me. So then Marie Kondo's show came out on Netflix and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. I, Cause I like home organizing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna watch and see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. People are talking about it, all the mm-hmm. spark joy stuff. So interesting. So I watched the show and I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> yes, I wanna do that. Hmm. And I felt like I came home. I felt like everything I love. So the visual creative aspect of me the personal growth side of me, the freedom that entrepreneurship will give me, and the ability to just be myself and do the things that I love and help people, help people become a better version of themselves, which is what I, I have been doing for the past few years around myself, right? I wanted to give that. I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So then I just took to Google and it turns out she was training consultants. So I signed up for the next class as soon as I could get in. I had to wait like six months, but... I told all my friends that day, I was like, I'm starting an organizing business. And all my damn friends were like, yes, that's perfect for you. That's exactly what you should be doing. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know me all this time and now you're telling me this. But, um, but yeah, so that's what I did. It, it's just like, it's almost like there's an ease to life that we don't allow ourselves to feel, right? Like, I was like, man, shouldn't I have to struggle for this? Shouldn't this be hard? Because these are things that come easy to me talking to people, motivating, encouraging, being structured, being creative, like this all feels good, but shouldn't this be hard? But I guess not because I think, I think universe was like, you already did hard for 15 years. So, so just embrace your talents and your gifts and, and there you go. So that's how it happened. It was really kind of freaky, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. You said a lot of like nuggets in there that I think people will take away. And, and one thing is like law is always going to be there. I think that's true for almost every career is like, especially in the market we're in now, right? Like we're heading towards record unemployment. Like companies are trying incredibly hard to attract uh, talent. There's like the great reorganization, the great resignation like occurring. And what that means is that you have more choice and more options and actually more flexibility and more freedom in that like, yeah, a lot of this stuff will still be there. And so if you want to take a risk, it's actually one of the best times ever in that sense, because it's like you can leave something and it might it might not be law for, for you, but it, whatever it is, probably there are other other organizations and other companies. And so like taking a risk on yourself today, I think is easier than it's been a long time. Yeah. And then you talk about like, okay, so it's an organizing business. So I think what that means is that you help people figure out like how to set up their home and their life in a way that's like more manageable, but also like gives you more joy. Is that right? Like, what does that really mean? Because you also talked about like, obviously, you're not just going and tidying someone's house. You're talking about changing like a, a mind. How does that work? What does that mean? 
Okay, definitely. So this is my favorite thing to talk about. I'm so excited. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so I follow Marie Kondo's KonMari method, and there's a few principles around the method that I'll explain, and that'll give you a little clue into exactly what I do. Okay, so the first thing is really commit yourself. It's really a whole home method, so you're supposed to go through everything in your house as quickly as possible. So Marie suggests six months, oh, and reasonable. you go through everything. Okay. Yeah, totally reasonable. <laughs> that is, that seems real. I thought you were going to be like, I don't even, when you said quickly as possible, it was like two weeks or I was like, oh God, I don't think that's <laughs> no, fine. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and then second thing is that you figure out what your ideal lifestyle is. So look at the way you're living now and look at the way you want to live and like put a vision together. So let's say, for example, I don't know, you like to do yoga or whatever in your living room, but your living room floor is covered with kids' toys. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how you envision using your space, living your life. Like maybe you like to roller skate. You haven't done that in a while. You don't know where the heck your roller skates are. Mm -hmm. Like, so I sit with <laughs> clients at the beginning and say, how do you want to live? What is working for you right now? What isn't working for you? What's your ideal lifestyle? So the second thing. Can we do this with Sylvie? <laughs> <laughs> you see me over here closing my eyes. Like what is, yeah, what is the life Yeah, she literally is live? trying to answer that question. I could just I tell am, when you said that, she was like. I'm yeah. like beach house. <laughs> Yeah, go for it, Sylvie. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you for a console after. Right, yeah, yeah, after we wrap. <laughs> so that's the second thing that we do, and then the third thing that we do is we tidy by category and not by location. So a lot of people, when they do this, will stand in front of a closet or something, or decide they're gonna work in their bedroom one Saturday and they're gonna do the kitchen on a Sunday. But we don't work that way. We work by category, and we go in a certain order. So it's first it's clothes, then books, then paper, then a category called kimono and Marie Kondo's uh, Japanese kimono means miscellaneous and at the very end is sentimental items. And so it's, it's set out this way so that you start with something that you use every day so it has immediate impact, but a lot of people don't necessarily have a sentimental attachment to clothing. And then you work your way down to sentimental items. So by the time you've gone through everything, your ability to joy check is through the moon and then the last thing we say is, does this spark joy? And spark joy is very personal. And like I like to tell my clients, it's also certain. There's an ease around it. So if you remember the ease I talked to you about before, and we often don't allow ourselves to feel that. So we may feel guilty about keeping a gift that our mom gave us, so there's the guilt, right? Or afraid to let go of something that we think we might need in the future, or shame around keeping something that we paid a lot of money for. So when I work with people, I help them and give them permission to let go of any guilt or shame or fear they feel around holding on to their things and just be honest with whether or not it really makes them feel wonderful. And it's a much higher standard than you would do regularly, right? So it's something that that gives you a little thrill, that makes you feel amazing. So like I like to tell people if it's an article of clothing, maybe you get compliments on it because your energy in this outfit is amazing, but you don't even care because you already knew before you left the house that you look amazing in this outfit. It's that kind of feeling when you put something on. And so if you surround yourself with what feels honest for you, where you're not performing because mama gave it to you or something like that, and you're doing it in connection with what feels good, then it becomes a journey of self-discovery. So as you're going through, you're figuring out, oh, I really love yellow. I'm so into stripes. I love books by Edgar Allan Poe. Where did he come from? I don't know why I said him. Books by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Who knows? Like, whatever it is. And it's all good. 
So when I work with clients, I give them permission to be themselves. I do not judge them. If they ask for my opinion, I don't give it. Hmm. I just make them feel comfortable and actually teach them how to watch themselves showing up. So I teach them how to watch their own body language, how to pay attention to frowning, the energy in their body when they hold something. So it's very much a, um, a journey to connect with your external. And so it could be the stuff in your house. It could also be your job, yeah. right? Mm. So I have a client who, if, if you don't mind if I tell a little story. Please. I have a client who is, she works in finance. And her job just decided to go back to work in person three days a week, right? And she's pissed. <laughs> she doesn't want to go. Yeah. Yep. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the Sunday, her boss is texting her, trying to get her all, you know, and she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> she goes into work on the Monday. She's so unhappy to be there. It's like obvious, right? So her boss says to her, you don't have to come in on Tuesday. It's okay. So then when I speak to her, I'm like, oh, this is great. You got, you got a permission slip. You don't have to go in on Tuesday. She's like, well, I don't know. Um, I think I need to go in. I need to play the game. I need to show my face. I need to... And I was like, listen, first of all, you have the permission slip. Do not forget that. I was like, but also that's not what you want. When we sat down and talked about vision, you talked about working from home, how it allows you to spend more time with your new dog, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. This is not who you are. I was like, and if you show up that way, they're going to think, oh, she's willing to sell herself out for this, right? And that's the energy you're bringing to it. So she didn't go. And her closet looks amazing, right? So it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about allowing you to be yourself. And where should you be yourself? In your house. And we don't even do that. We don't even do that. Yeah. So that's the work that I do. So it's, yeah, it's about the stuff. At the end, you'll get a tidy house. You'll have cute organizing bins if that's what you want. I don't force that on people either because that could be expensive. Um, but it's about being yourself and, and me giving you a safe space within which to do that and to feel happy about it. You know, so... That's what I do. That's very cool. As you're talking, obviously, I'm looking around my desk. And I'm, <laughs> I'm also looking around like in my Zoom screen. And I, I have back over here, like we had like a, an offsite for like the senior management team at Wistia. And they came to my house. And we all made these like <laughs> stories of our lives on poster board with like cutouts from magazines. And I, wow. I spent like, I spent an hour making this. And it's funny because I put it, I'm like, I don't think I can throw that out. It has no pictures of my family. It has the story of my family. It's just like random people from magazines and stuff. I'm looking at it though. Like mm. when I first, I moved in 2020, I just did exactly as you said when I moved. I was just like, I got rid of tons of stuff. Felt so good. I got in my space. My office was like absolutely pristine. And as you're talking, I'm looking around. I'm like, actually, there's a bunch of junk here that is not bringing me joy. And it's like happened. I love what you said about like your client going to work, being forced to go. And it's like, this is actually when you organize your life, like this was not what you wanted. It's very cool. And I'm, I hope that people listening can ask themselves that question. I assume that everyone's walking around now listening, like throwing things in the trash. Um, but uh, I hope so. That would be I the dream. So. <laughs> so what has it been like? Obviously, you started in January 2020. What has it been like with COVID? Well, at first, I, I thought I was going to be going to some people's homes. And I love that. I'm very curious. I like to sort of see how people live. And then I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not even leaving my own house, much less going into somebody else's. Um, so at first, it was a little confusing. But because I had done this whole journey of truth, and I knew that I wanted to show up as my full self. And if you sort of see Marie Kondo and who she is, she's very much neutrals, 
sort of, you know, a little bit demure and quiet. And mm-hmm. I'm like the opposite mm-hmm. of that. And so I was, <laughs> so no I way. was, um, <laughs> right. and so I spent a bit of time while I couldn't go into people's houses and I was trying to figure out my business, figuring out how I wanted to show up. Right. Like, and looking at all these other organizers and I'm like, I can't do this beige thing. This isn't me, you know? And I feel like if I come out there trying to look like someone else, whether it's Marie or anybody else that I would fail. So I decided to just go full on into like, this is what's on my heart and this is what I'm going to do. And so that's exactly what I did. I hired a branding person and she translated all the color and thought that I was feeling into my branding and did an incredible job. And that's sort of like put me out there. And then I think between January of 2020 and now, so much has happened in my business. Sometimes I'm like, I cannot even believe it. Like I've been in the New York Times. I filmed the TV episode earlier this week, like all this stuff. Yeah. And all of it is just me being my full self. And so what I did was just continue doing that. I started posting on Instagram. I got a pretty big following from that. And so, you know, I tell clients when they have intro calls with me that the person you see here is the person that's going to be in your house. So if you can't take three to four hours of this, (laughs) if this 30 (laughs) minutes, if this 30 minutes is a problem, this is what you're going to get the whole time. I'm not going to show up differently. I'm going to show up as this person. So if you don't feel like I'm safe for you, then this is not going to work. You're not going to make the right choices. You're not going to feel comfortable. So really, I have just been doing what's been on my heart and sort of taking it, I guess, day by day. And I'm not the kind of person who can kind of rub elbows and do all that networking, like let's go golf. Like I'm not, I don't, I can't. (laughs) I, I just, I'm not that person. Yeah. So things have just been coming to me, I think. I don't know. I think because I'm now doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm doing it without fear and without um, without apology. Honestly, I think we allow fear to get in the way. And I think that's actually what I help my clients do a lot is let go of that, too. So do you have clients everywhere? I have clients everywhere. A lot of my clients, I live in New York City, so a lot of my clients are in the New York City area. And honestly, I really love doing the work in person. I will do virtual. Mm -hmm. But I really, I like being hands-on. And I think it's easier for clients when I'm there with them. Because then, you know, it's like, oh, can you turn the camera this way? Wait, that way so I can see this. And it's a little hard when you're trying to deal with depth and things like that. But yeah, I do have clients all over. I've had clients as far as California. I've had a client in Trinidad before. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think you, you obviously somehow on your journey, I mean, you've talked about this, but like you went from like, who am I? Like, I'm stuck to actually, I, I know who I am. And then there's a point where I feel like you hit like, there's no apologies. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, it seems like that moment is like coincided when things really started to like light up, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it's funny, I feel like I've had a, a fair amount of conversations with folks who basically, like I'm thinking of someone we actually had on the, the podcast before, uh, Sahil. I won't go through his whole story, but another interesting episode if you if you like this one, but Sahil told me, like, he became huge on Twitter. Huge. And it was all, although after he kind of felt like he'd been through, like, a, a massive, like, failure with his business and raised all this money and it didn't it didn't go the way that he wanted to. But suddenly, he just, like, his audience started growing. And I was like, what happened? He's like, I just stopped giving a shit. I was just like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. be me. I'm done. And mm-hmm. he's like, that's it. The filter came off. And it seems like that's also true for you, right? Like, you're like, I just yeah. am who I am. 
and mm-hmm. I know what I want. And that putting that mm-hmm. out in the world is actually resonating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And learning to implement that too, because I feel like that's always been in me. I've always been a, I don't give a kind of person, Yeah. but I was terrified to actually be that. Yeah. Right. I felt like I had to show up in a certain way, but yeah, that's absolutely true. Once I started to say, I don't care. And then, yeah. then it really, then things really took off for me. And once I started to be honest about what I wanted too, because sometimes I feel like we, we feel like our dreams are too big that maybe we're not worthy, but also how can, how can I be that person? Right. Um, and here I am like two years into my business and I'm thinking I want to be on TV. Yeah. Right. I put my vision board together a couple of months ago. My daughter and I did it as like a weekend activity and I got a little television <laughs> cut out from like the internet or mm-hmm. something and put a picture of myself in there mm-hmm. and put on my vision board. I was like, I'm going to be on television. I don't know if I want to show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to try it out. What's yeah. it like? Right. Yeah. I've been to see a show, but I want to be on. Yeah. Like, that's cool. And then it happened. Do I know if I want to do this ever again? I don't know. But I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. It was an interesting experience. You know, I kind of feel like I'm here to try things out yeah. and see what fits and then talk to people about it. Look, I've been divorced. I could talk for a whole other podcast episode about that experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been to law school, I changed careers, right? Like I've done a lot of things that people have been afraid to do. And I was that person who was afraid of everything. And I still am sometimes. Yeah. I'm not, perfection ain't happening over here. I get, te- I'm terrified. Oh, I was terrified to go on television. And everybody that, the people were so nice. The car driver, the security guard, the people I ran into in the elevator, everybody made me feel so comfortable. I was like, oh, this is, this is okay. Yeah. You know? And I think for folks who are afraid, like mm-hmm. it seems like this is and tell me if I'm right, that you're just like really not worried at all about like what you're saying or how you come across or anything. You're just doing it. You're just living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I say that because I think like myself, I've had to go through this a similar journey, right? Of like, oh, I'm supposed to be leading a company. Like, shouldn't I act a certain way or say a certain <laughs> thing? Right. And like, what is yep. the like executive or CEO way to do this? Which of course is, yep. that's the wrong question to ask. It's like, what's my way to do this? And hopefully like I'm doing my job well and I deliver on me, right? And like, and hopefully that's what yep. we need. But it, it was extremely freeing. But it, before that, I was so stressed about stuff, stressed about interviews mm-hmm. and talks and whatever, because it was like, am I gonna deliver what people want? It's like, well, actually maybe I just have to just be myself. And, exactly. and it, but I, a lot of us go through this transition and the reason I, I kind of zero in on it is like, if you're listening and you feel like you have that challenge, like try to find ways to actually put yourself out there in small ways and be who you are and realize like it doesn't have to be that scary. In fact, that's the reason all the people around you connect to you. So it's yeah. like, yeah. It's, it yeah. isn't that different to be on camera. It isn't that different to be recorded. It isn't that different to be live. Like it's just you. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, one of the things I was doing for a while was doing something that was scary, something that was a little scary every day. Because I heard someone said this, I don't know, that, you know, obviously years ago, we used to get chased by like lions and tigers and bears, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what oh our my. fear that, right? Oh my. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's why we have this fear instinct. And now fast forward to 2022, and we're afraid of like people on social media and stuff like that, right? And so you're, you're, nervous system has started showing up in ways that's inappropriate for things. And so if you scare yourself a little every day, and with me, it could be things like, 
not reminding my kid to put deodorant on before she goes to yeah. school, right? It's little yeah. things. I'm like, oh my God, are you going out without deodorant? Yeah. So it's little things like that. Like just scare yourself a little so that you can start to let go, you know? And that can teach you that it's not that bad, you know? Um, I have a story about, about showing up truthfully. So a friend of mine got an offer from a really big fashion brand to show up and do like in-store organizing or something. Mm -hmm. So she was having this Zoom call and she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna wear. This is a big fashion brand, I gotta bring it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so she shows up, do you know everybody on the Zoom is working from home, everybody's in like sweatshirts and stuff. And I'm like, see, (laughs) they they hired you because they like you, Mm -hmm. right? And what you wear, I mean, not to say that what you wear doesn't matter, I I guess, I'm sure. I mean, I like clothes, I'm sure it does matter. But I was like, you know, the point is that you're showing up your full self and that you're giving them who they thought you would be, mm-hmm. right? I was like, and here they're show they're the fashion people and they're showing up in like sweatshirts and stuff. I was like, it's funny. We just have these sort of expectations. Oh, totally. Yeah, and you just you have know? to throw them out. I've made that exact mistake early days, big first meeting, come in with a suit and everyone else is like in like <laughs> hoodies and leather jackets and stuff like, oh God, what have I done? It, it just, it, but it happened and it's like, eventually you realize like, yeah, it's just, it's about being yourself. It's a very empowering episode. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, we're running low on time. So just want to make sure I get what's what's next for Sweet Digs and where can people find you? Okay, so... I'm very much the kind of person that doesn't like to plan like five, 10 year plans. Uh, if you even noticed that from this episode, this is the situation. And so what I'm doing, <laughs> what I'm doing right now really is um, I'm trying to figure out what really is next. I know I love what I do, but I think I want to move into more. Um, my therapist says life coaching. I kind of hate that word. Mm-hmm. So it's something like that, where I'm doing more than just taking people through their homes. Like maybe like I'm encouraging start. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the start, right? Yeah. So what does that look like? I don't know. I really like working with people in groups and doing workshops. Maybe I'll do more of that. The TV show that I taped earlier this week will be out at the end of the month. So you can catch me there. What is that? Um, where should it, we? What is it called? It's called The Good Dish. Okay. The Good Dish. Um it's pretty awesome. It's so much fun. And yeah, so I'm still tidying. So if you want if you want to catch me in your house, you can find me on sweet-digs.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and find out all my social media, such and such, and follow me everywhere. But yeah, I'm just, I'm doing the same thing I'm doing and sort of allowing my intuition to lead me. So who knows what I'll be doing by this time next year. Um, I've got a literary agent. Maybe I'll write a book. I don't know. Sure, write a book. All yeah. kinds of things. Write a yeah. book. I love it. Why well, not? I love that your your answer is exactly <laughs> the same, which is like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to figure it out. And these are the things and you're putting it out there. And you know, you're going to yeah. hear from folks who say, that's what I want um, or I don't want. But I think it's, it's awesome. So Pia, thank you so much for being with us today. This is super fun. And um, best of luck with everything. Can't wait to see what a year or five years from now looks like. Right. Me too, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Okay, it's very clear that Pia is amazing and like so uncensored, so herself. It's a very intoxicating way to have a conversation. Absolutely. And you know, what's funny, it reminds me of some of our earlier episodes of Talking Too Loud when a big theme was like authenticity. 
Mm-hmm. I realize we haven't talked about that in a while, but yeah, we've become completely inauthentic. <laughs> no, it just <laughs> there have been other matters to discuss, but um, yes, yes, it was really nice to be reminded of like that energy that comes from being authentic, and um, I just loved that she she made this huge career leap and like was very honest about the fact that she didn't know how it was all going to land or end up. But she was like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it because it feels true. Mm-hmm. I feel it in my gut, feel it in my intuition, and I'm leaning into that. I struggle with that. Dee. I oh, don't really? know why I did that. <laughs> oh, really, Sylvia? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. But um, what else did you... <laughs> What else? What else struck you? Well, I really thought we were going to start organizing your your apartment. <laughs> I know you really wanted to. I really wanted to actually do it. I you know. I wanted to see that process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I'm disappointed. Well, I've told you I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm less tidy. I'm occasionally tidy, and I think I need a vision board. Yeah, I think you probably do. I thought that the 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 KonMari method. Did I say that right? Yes. I think, I mean, I've heard about that before. I remember, I think I, a friend of mine read the book and there was this thing that came out of it that was you fold your t-shirts in a particular way and you're like in your drawers, you have them like standing up. Mm. And I did that and I still do it. So I feel like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. like, what does it do for the shirt? Basically, you can see all of your shirts at once. So like, unlike if they're piled on top of each other, you might have a favorite shirt or whatever that's down lower. You have every single one. You can just look across. So it's like organized from mine of like solid color to, um, you know, like mixed to like graphic tee. And I'm like, what do I feel like wearing? And I'm like, oh, graphic. And which one? And you just like pick the thing. <laughs> um, I, Wait, I, like I just is, Am I embarrassing of, myself? Not at all. Because <laughs> you just gave me an idea for a product, mm. a dresser that has like vertical slots. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a CD rack? Yes, yeah. exactly, but yeah. for your shirts. Yeah, so it turns out if you fold the shirts properly, it's fine. You don't need that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but you know what I was thinking about during the episode is this. I have a sword <laughs> over here. Oh, my God. And this sword, my brother found it recently, and he just came over with it. So what am I supposed to do with this? So I got this sword when I was a child. I was on a trip in France. Look at this thing. Wait, is that it's like le- cool. is it legit? It's not sharp, but I don't think swords were really that sharp. I think it's more like a blunt instrument. It's like a replica of Charlemagne's sword, I believe. Um, does this give me joy? I don't like, know. Does it? It gives me a little bit of joy. It's definitely mm-hmm. it's sentimental. Like it brings back memories of like my youth. Yep. But like, what am I gonna do with this? Like, what kind of person am I? Am I gonna put this on the wall? Like, am I gonna put this up here? And you just like see this sword? Why didn't we ask Pia if you should mount that I sword? Done that. I was just like, am I going to go too off? If I, I know. if I just, you know. It's okay when it's, it's just us, but. This is fine. People want to hear this. I assume <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're thinking, show me that sword. Show it to me. And there is a video version of the episode that you can see. So if you yeah. have ideas, let me know. Should I put it on eBay? Should I take a photo of it and make an NFT? Should I? Ooh, um, very on brand. Oh, should I try to get stuck into a stone? That would be kind of cool. <laughs> okay. We've gone too far. This is it. If you're still listening, thank you for listening. If you made it to Sword in the Stone. If you made it to the Sword in the Stone, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Share it with your friends because you, you are a friend. You're a super listener. Maybe I should give the sword away to a listener. Is that a good idea? Hmm, I like no it. No one wants it. No one wants this. I like That's it. That's the problem. I love a sword, a sword giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this. Let's strategize. Should we be doing a sword giveaway? That's the question. If you are hearing this, just tell us, okay? <laughs> oh However you want. Um, and uh, if we get enough demand, woo, this sword is gonna give it away. All right, Sylvie, good to see you. Have a great day. <laughs> okay, bye, Savage. <laughs> bye. Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia. Hosted by Chris Savage. Produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day. Executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Maria Passingham of Edit Audio. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com. <laughs>